get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Greg Berube will play in the Ascension Charity Classic on September 11th. He'll be with Ozzie Smith, and they'll take on, uh, they'll be in teams with at least Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas. Then on September 13th, the Blues for Kids Golf Classic at Bell Reef Country Club, and you can sign up for that at stlouisblues.com. And then training camp starts, and the Blues' first preseason game is on the 25th. Chris Kerber, the voice of the Blues, joins us now on 101 ESPN, as he does every Monday morning. Kerber, great to have you with us. How you doing? Randy, doing great. How are you guys today? Everything's good. The Blues didn't have a real training camp last year. Obviously, didn't have much of a camp before the bubble. How important for this team and their style of play do you think training camp is? I think, I think it's really, frankly, very important. As a matter of fact, like, I think... I think one thing is very clear over the last 18 months and that we have not been a good COVID team. Um, some teams were better in this situation. Uh, other teams were not. It did not. I think the, some of the personnel changes, some of the injuries, career ending injuries and all that coupled with the fact of COVID, the protocols and, and the fact that you haven't had uh, training camp, as you mentioned, I, I think it definitely impacted this St. Louis Blues squad, um, you know, over the last, uh, I, I, well, two or, or season and a half. And so I think some kind of normal uh, uh, training camp, normal feel is going to be really important as this really very new group kind of uh, regroups. Curve, speaking of COVID, the NHL sent out a memo updating their vaccination requirements to the teams. And it said any person whose job, role, position or access entails or entitles them to have personnel interactions with club hockey operations personnel are required to be fully vaccinated. So they, they also made sure to mention that the NHL and NHLPA protocols for players haven't been completed yet. But it seems like the NHL is leaving no gray area when it comes to vaccination requirements for anyone that's going to be around players. This is I, this topic to me is such an interesting one, Michelle. Because and, and you're right, and nor should they. I mean, we look. Joe and I want to be able to get on the road where we can, uh, you know, see the games actually and call them instead of doing it off of TV. We want to keep everybody around there safe. Uh, the fascinating part about this is they're requiring everybody around the players to be vaccinated, but not the players themselves, right? And right. so that, that's something that has to go through the PA. Uh, of course, but and and I believe over eighty percent of the league uh, has has been vaccinated already. But having having said that, w- one of the things that has also happened here is apparently the the players' association has informed its members, so informed the players, right? That look, if you're not vaccinated, and let's say the the scenario with Canada is very real, all right? Could the, if Canada's travel situation could dictate the National Hockey League's role, like do they end up with a Canadian division again this year, even though they don't want it, because of the fact that if you're not vaccinated, you may not be allowed in Canada or you'd have to quarantine. So let's say a player decides not to get vaccinated, right, and the Blues are going on a road trip to Canada, you know, and hitting the Western Canadian trip. Well, that player may not be able to go. They have told the players that you could expect to not be paid if you can't go because of that reason. So I, I think there's more of this to come, and, and, and the reality of it is, is if it's going to start to hit pocketbooks and stuff like that, even more guys will be vaccinated. But, you know, the, the vaccination um, process, uh, 
and, and, and everything involved with it is not limited to just uh, St. Louis County's hall and, and meetings and stuff. It's pretty much everywhere. And, uh, you know, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out around the National Hockey League. I think in the end, you're going to see the majority, vast majority of these players and, and get vaccinated. You're already seeing the vast majority of the people around them, uh, the team personnel and stuff uh, already have been vaccinated and been vaccinated for a while. So I, I don't think it's going to be a major issue, but it is something to keep an eye on. Curbs, this is traditionally a time where NHL people are spending time in the cottage in Canada. Not as easy to get to the cottage with COVID and everything going on at the border, but still not much going on in the league. I said to Michelle before the break that I think that Vladimir Tarasenko, when the hockey or when the baseball playoffs start in October, I think Vladimir Tarasenko will be wearing a blues sweater. Your reaction? I think there's a very good chance of that. Um, you know, I don't, we're not hearing much now. I mean, whether it be, if, if you're potentially dealing with something that could involve a Doug Armstrong, a Lou Lamorello, you might be dealing with the two general managers who can think, keep things as quiet as, as anybody in the league. Right. Mm-hmm. Although for me personally, uh, with all the years and issues that the blues have had uh, trades with Lou Lamorello go kind of paywire, those always make me nervous. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, like, shoot, remember the one? There was one even, uh, oh, shoot, we lost a draft pick. Everyone's always on the Scott Stevens one, but somewhere like in the mid-2000s, Larry, or early 2000s, Larry Flo, we lost, we lost a draft pick to New Jersey again for something. But It was still the, the Stevens uh, thing. Was, I, I know, because, I no, the Blues was... tampered with him the second time. It was after, remember, somebody uh, started talking about uh, how the Blues had signed him beforehand at the, uh, they talked at the Olympics. Before they re-signed him in, 94 when they they had the press yeah. conference with McKinnis and uh, they they re-signed Stevens somebody said oh yeah that deal was done before free agency and one of the blues executives had the contract offer in still had it in his file cabinet so the NHL comes in investigates and the blues had to give up more i think they had to sw- swap one and give one up to new jersey and it was all oh. because it, the Stevens thing wound up being like seven picks and Shanahan hey. Well, here's what I do know. I do know the Salvador for Jansen trade was a clean one. Yeah, it was. All right. right. So, that yeah. was, <laughs> so we knew that was a clean one. But yeah, you know what? I, I back to the original point. I unless the, so, they still had to figure out the Robert Thomas situation. Okay, and this is one of the challenges where if if you got an agency and and he's represented by the Newport agency and, and they they're kind of like a kind of like Scott Boris in a sense that they, they'll, they'll wait till deadlines, right? And, and wait for deadline pressure to, to be involved, all right? Well, you know, sometimes in a cap era, there just may not be a let, enough left in the pot, you know? And, and I don't necessarily see Doug Armstrong just deciding. Because, look, if you had to eat some of Tarasenko's contract this year, you could, you could probably stomach that. But it's this year and next year, and that's really where the problem is, right? So if Vladimir Tarasenko comes in, proves that he's healthy, proves he can score, and still wants out, and they can't mend the fence. I still always believe that fences can be mended, but if they can't, then you know, then then at least he's healthy, and maybe you have a different market for him. So, I really do wonder if this is one where uh, a healthy Vladimir Tarasenko has to reset the market for himself if he wants out, because unless you know, if if, if somehow Doug Armstrong is able to get Robert Thomas under contract, right, and find a way to get this all done underneath the salary cap while still holding on to Vladimir Tarasenko, you're in a much, much better spot. And I think that scenario is still playing out. 
Curbs, no movement on the Vladdy front, but there are deals still happening in the NHL. Joe Thornton signed a one-year deal with the Florida Panthers. He's going to earn $750,000. There's no bonuses, no incentives, but he's 42 years old. This is the 24th season of his career. He said his body feels good, his mind feels good, and he's ready to go. What do you think about that move? I, You know what? I, he, He's such a good guy, such a good locker room guy. This is the kind of one where you, he's still chasing that Stanley Cup. 23 years in the league, what, 1,600 games played, over 1,500 points. I still think the cool, one of the coolest things from from NHL drafting standpoint is the fact that Thornton was taken number one and Patrick Marlowe was taken number two, yeah. right, in, in that same draft. And then they ended up playing all those years together in San Jose and then Marlowe last year, you know, setting the all-time games played mark. But I, I, I start to think about this. I wonder if a player like Joe Thornton, and there's no guarantee, obviously, but I wonder if he would have won a Stanley Cup with another team already had there not been a salary cap. So a team that says, hey, you know mm-hmm. what? We don't have to worry about a salary cap, but Joe Thornton could be one heck of a piece for us. You know, maybe he was traded out of San Jose earlier and, and things like that. So I, I do tend to wonder with a guy like Joe Thornton if the salary cap era might have helped prohibit him from winning the Stanley Cup as much as anything. Yeah, good point. You just can't. You don't see those trades anymore because of that, right? Like, well, this guy could really help him. Yeah, but there's no way they're going to fit that extra two million under the cap. Curbs. One other thing along those lines. As a Blues fan, the Blues broadcaster, and somebody wants to see the Blues win another Stanley Cup. How does Zdeno Chara sound for you on the Blues blue line? <laughs> I'd, I'd take Big Z any day of the week. I, I do. I'd, I'd love, I'd love to see it, uh, just again because of the individual that he is, and and I still think that that he can play. The the challenge that the Blues have right now is, I think if you really look at the depth situation, and and a lot depends too on the Robert Thomas situation and whether he's playing in your top six or not, right? But you're, you're looking at potentially if the Olympics happen, and that's the schedule that is out there, right? You're looking at a very tight schedule, and injuries I think are going to be a factor like they are every year. But when you're playing essentially every other day, it gets hard. You're, you're only like say two nicks on the forward side from Delvin into potential AHL depth, not really NHL ready depth. And the same thing with the defense, you know, one or two injuries away from, you know, say a Scott Perunovich, instead of seasoning his game, having to step in and be impacted. So, you know, if you look at Doug Armstrong's history, if there's a way to get things under the cap, as those other scenarios we've already talked about play out, I still think that he would like to at some point in time, and it, 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 it could be tryouts, you know, once the season begins, but at some point in time, I, I would suspect that he'd be a lot more comfortable with a little more NHL ready depth and big Z would be pretty cool. And I think I told you this story guys, when he was in the minor leagues, he was playing for the Lowell lock monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were affiliated with the, with the New York Islanders. And I'm standing at the end of the rink. Um, Dan Bilesma actually had just, uh, he, he'd been signed, I think, by Phoenix, I, I, I think it was, and was playing some games for us. His dad was down there, and Dan had just written this book about his time in hockey. And I'm talking with him, with his dad down at the end of the rink, and you hear this, you hear this clink, clink, clink coming around the corner. And there the players came in through the Zamboni entrance. Guy turns around starts to walk as he takes his skate guards off he gets onto the ice and i mean again this is like a this is like an 18 year old zidane O'Chara, right <laughs> and and he, and as he crunches the ice you hear this crunch scratch scrunch <laughs> his dad looks at me he goes what the hell was that <laughs> you're like 
That'd be a hockey player. And uh, <laughs> boy, what, a, player. What, what an amazing career he was. Hey, he has had just been a fantastic. Phenomenal. Curbs, always great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Have an awesome week, you two. Thanks. You too. That is our friend, the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber, here on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.